podcast of Antioch Church in Colorado Springs. If you've been impacted by this ministry and would like to support the work we're doing in Colorado Springs, you can give online at our website, antiochcos.com. We hope that the Lord ministers to you through this message. Oh man, guys, we are definitely in for a, a really great uh there's got to be a better word than treat, because I feel like we always say that when we have a guest speaker. We're in for a treat today. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've known Bobby Parks now for 13 years, and the Lord brought us together out of our mutual love for raising up leaders and sending those leaders to the nations. And, you know, the Bible talks about having a, like your own, and I, and I spirit, having a heart that you find in another person that is just like your own. And I, and I found that. And Bobby, there's something about this man that every time I get around him, I'm challenged. I'm challenged to grow deeper. I'm challenged to push into the Lord more. And the thing that I love most about Bobby, you guys, is every time I get around him, I start to take evaluation on what I'm doing for God's kingdom vision and whether or not I'm really living to see souls brought to the Lord. And most of the times I'm convicted by that. So he's always pressing me like, hey man, what are, you, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Come on, where's your kingdom vision, Jay? This right here, he's got this thing going on. And, and I need men like that in my life to press me in and provoke me into the things of the Lord. Um, I've had the incredible privilege of knowing Bobby on a very, very personal level. And, and let me just say this, because it, it, you, you can tell a lot about a person on what they do and what comes out of them when they're in pressure. And Bobby's not a, let a lot of people into that space, but, but really out of just such a, an incredible privilege, Bobby's invited me into the space and, and I've watched this guy go through some incredible pressure. I've watched him be in environments where there was, you know, leadership things that were going on that, um, that were just very, very challenging. And I want to say this about you, Bobby. I want to say this about your character, man, is that in the midst of all those things that were going on, in the midst of uh, leadership calls, in the midst of uh, very, very unjust situations, man, you never spoke out against your leaders, man. You never did that. You never slandered them. Man, you remained a man of integrity. You remained a man of honor. And you carried that so faithfully. And between you and me, and I don't even know the, the, the full gamut of it, only you and Brooke know, but you walked through so many difficult things and you never, ever spoke ill of the people around you. And man, I want you to know that you have full access today to come and give a full impartation of the kingdom vision and a love for souls and a love for the nations and a faithfulness to Jesus that you carry so well, man. Come on, come on, come on up here and give us your all, bro. Will you welcome my friend, Bobby Parks? Man, Jade says that about you, no pressure, right? <laughs> um, man, I, I am so honored to be here. I love this church. Uh, Antioch, you guys are near to my heart, to my wife's heart. Uh, this, this is a special place right here. I, ho I hope you guys know that. I hope you can sense that. Amen? Man, just even the ways that we worship, the ways that we pray, the ways that we love our city, but also sending people to the nations. Guys, this is the early church model, right? This is the Antioch ascending church. You guys are not here by accident. You guys are a part of this body. You're called on a purpose and for a reason. I'm telling you, God has you in the right place. I listen to you guys' podcasts. Um, it, it's not just that God has called 
Pastor Jade and Christy and I and our families to walk together, but I, I feel a part of this church as well. So thank you. Thank you for ways that you guys have prayed uh, for me and my family, even through difficult seasons. Thank you for ways you guys have invested in the nations with us. Thank you for ways that you guys have raised up strong leaders to represent who Jesus is. Guys, it, we're living in a day, it's always been like that though, right? It's nothing new under the sun, but there's too many people that don't know Jesus. Come on, it's time for the church to rise up. Let's be who we're called to be. Antioch, you guys are a light in the darkness. You, I, I love you, praying for justice in your city. Come on, this is a beautiful place to be. Not perfect, but such a beautiful representation of the bride of Christ. And I'm honored to be here with you guys. I love Pastor Jade and Pastor Christy. I, I love who they are, what they represent. 18 years of marriage, 20 years of full-time ministry, but they are people that they believe in others. They call out the best in others. They've done that for me. They've walked with me through difficult times, but Jade has even called stuff out of me and the things that he's talked about, even in my leadership. I'm so grateful that I had a model of a leader uh, that I could follow after, that I could learn and glean from. So Pastor Jay, Pastor Christy, I honor you. I love you. Thank you so, so much for the honor to be here tonight, today. Can we give uh, a round of applause for your pastors here in this house? <clears throat> Amen. Hey, uh, where are the men of the house that were with us this week? Come on. I love it. Yeah, let me just, on three, give, give me a, a good fist bump. One, two, three. I love it. Hey, you guys, uh, Antioch, you guys are blessed with some strong men here, some strong leaders that, uh, and, and their strength is not in their bravado, it's not in their power, it's in their surrender to Jesus. Man, if you could have seen the ways that, that they were sharing their burdens with one another, the ways that they were running to the cross, the ways that they were worshiping, the ways that they were praying even for God's vision, for you, for this house, for your families, for the city, such a powerful weekend, strong men, but there's also, I know uh, behind any strong man, there's a strong woman, right? We've got some strong women in the house. Um, I've got the privilege of knowing several of you guys here. Some of you guys have even served with us uh, on missions and training and such, such a powerful house here. I've got a really amazing, strong wife. Um, you know, even for me to be here uh, this weekend with you guys, I left her at home with a, a toddler who's two and an infant who's four weeks old. Um, so uh, all of us, we know, ministry, you never do it alone. There's always more people serving and sacrificing. Sometimes we see people on the stage, but how many of you guys know that it's really, it's often, usually where the most power is those that are not on the stage, but behind the scenes, or those underneath the stage that those of us are standing on their shoulders. So sometimes we just need to honor those uh, who are also serving in ministry, even those that aren't always on stage. I've got a picture of my family here, I'd, I'd love to show you guys, I think, I believe. Do you guys have that? We don't have that. My pa, you'll just, they're beautiful. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, my wife, Brooke, she, uh, we met at Oral Roberts University. Um, she works for a ministry called the Voice of the Martyrs. They serve the persecuted church uh, all around the world. And uh, have, I've had the privilege of uh, joining her on many of those uh, trips. We're actually still serving Voice of the Martyrs, not just uh, sharing stories to help the body of Christ know what our brothers and sisters, the family of God, Hebrews 13, three says this, remember those that are in chains as if you were suffering with them. Um, what an honor. Th this is our family. They're not someone different. They're not just those in another country. This is our family, our brothers and sisters. What an honor it is to 
walk with them, to hear their stories, to encourage others with it. But we're also walking through a season right now where we've, we've had to um, be ministered to by the voice of the martyrs as well, where they've had to walk and help us in our journey as well too. And some of our friends that we're very, very close to that are going through great trials because of the cost of following Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what pain, no matter what cost, Jesus is worth it. But it's also a lot easier to preach about it until you actually walk through it. Until you actually walk through something that has cost you more than you ever thought it would. But our God is worth it. This is our faith that has been passed on to us. Do we understand this church? We wouldn't have a faith unless people paid a great price. And the only reason why they paid a great price is because they had a revelation of this Jesus. They had a revelation of his love. They had a revelation of his worth and his value. And we are a part of that. It's not just them or others in other places. This is us. This is who we are. This is what we're made of. So that's a little bit about my wife. <laughs> um, I love her. She's amazing. We have a two-year-old boy. Ever oh, there they are. Look, uh, there's Everett. Um, you guys, we live in Texas. Don't judge me. Um, no, there's amazing people in Texas, and God's called us on assignment there. And, we're, man, we are pioneering stuff. It's, it's not always easy, but we love it. Really powerful ministry opportunities we, we get to be a part of. But you can see he's not just wearing a Rangers shirt. We're at a Rangers game, but he's got his Mets hat on, okay? So he's, he's already uh, learned how to be a Mets fan and learning a lot about uh, humility and heartbreak at a young age. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually originally from New York. Doesn't sound like it, I know. I became a good old boy uh, down in Tennessee where I moved and, you know, lived in Oklahoma for a little bit, worked at ORU for a long time. I swear, met my wife and so many amazing people here. Now we're in Texas, the nation of Texas. There's Everett, two years old, and with our newborn girl, Audrey L. There's, a, there's another picture of Audrey there so you guys can see her beautiful face. Uh, it'll pop up here in a second, but... Um, we're uh, at our house, obviously we're not sleeping much, but uh, so worth it though, right? Any of you guys that are parents, uh, man, what, you, there's no way to explain and describe the love and the joy, so amazing. Well, hey, um, I wanna jump right in because um, time is short. I feel like God's given me a word for this house, for this season that you're in, but I, I'm gonna be honest up front with you guys, it's, it's also because I'm, I'm preaching what I'm living through as well. I'm, I'm preaching to you guys fresh revelation that I'm, I'm still walking out, but that I believe that God uh, said this is a word for the hour. And I, it was even confirmed this weekend, but even this morning on many of the words and the prayers that you guys have been praying into. You guys are in a series of Psalms, and I love that. I, I love the Psalms. I love how real it is that, that our, our faith is not disingenuous. None of us have to put on masks. We don't have to act like everything's perfect all the time. I love reading the Psalms because I'm reminded of the humanity and also my frailty that it's okay for me to have to remind myself at times, oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that was within me, right? I'm so glad that, that David and others took the time to record not just their mountaintop experiences, but also the battles, also the times of sorrow, and I want to take us really quickly to Psalms 126. And we're going to uh, be looking at just uh, those short few verses there. We're going to highlight one of them. 
Um, but this Psalms chapter 126, this is in the middle of the Psalm of Ascent. So there's 15 of these chapters there that are actually songs. And they're songs that these Hebrew pilgrims would sing on their journey to Jerusalem. When they would go to Jerusalem to, to get in the presence of God and be with the gathering of other believers. And it, it, they would be celebrating and rem- reminding themselves of what God has done. And they would sing these songs on the way, on the journey. In much of our Christian life, it is. It's a climb, it's a journey, right? It's about constant growth. It's about sacrifice. It's about trusting God when we cannot see. Eugene Peterson says this. He says, we're all pilgrims, but we're also disciples, always moving and always learning. So Psalms 126, verse one. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our mouths were filled with laughter then and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us. We were joyful. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like water courses in the Negev. Verse five, let's, let's key in here. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying his sheaves. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Father, I pray right here in this moment, God, I believe that this is a Kairos moment for this church, for this hour, for all of us here in this place. This is not just a Kronos moment in time. This is not just another service. God, I believe that even right here in this moment, you wanna speak something to your church God, that will remind them that you are with them in the fire, that you will remind them in the midst of their sorrow, in the midst of their tears. Oh God, that you will remind them that you walk with them on the journey, that they are not alone. So God, I pray, speak to us here in this place. God, speak to those of us that are in the middle of a fire, that are in the middle of trials. God, that are in the middle of sorrows. I don't know what they all are here in this room, but I know that there's many. But God, I also pray, speak to us in this place about the joy. Remind us of who you are and who you say that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you guys, but I often, um, I find it difficult that God can be the God of the blessing, but also the God of the battle. God can be the lion of the tribe of Judah, but yet he's also the suffering lamb that was led to be slaughtered on a cross. I remember I lived in Brazil and I went to a Bible school down there and I came to faith in Christ in a radical way. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but to me it was, man, this message of free will, right? God gives us free will and we can choose him. But the guy I was studying underneath for six months, he was a devout Calvinist and believed in predestination. For those of you guys that aren't theology majors, don't worry, I'm not a theologian, you'll learn quickly. But this, I remember being torn, like how can God, does he predestined us to, to, to know him or does he give us free will to choose him? And I remember being conflicted. Wait, wait, what is it, God? And I think there's so much in our Christian journey, these tensions of, wait, is God always like this? Does he always answer prayer this way? If, if A plus B equals C, doesn't, doesn't it always produce this outcome? I don't know about, has anybody else ever been there in their life where I thought, God, you were like this. I learned you to be like this at one point in my life. This is how I even came to faith, or this is the church I grew up in. They taught it this way, but yet, God, maybe I'm seeing that you move in a different way, or maybe you don't always move in the way that I thought you would. 
God's in the sorrow and the joy. God's on the mountaintops, but he's also in the valley. God's in the victories, but he's also in the trials. I wanna talk to you guys really briefly in the moment I have with you about threshold moments. I wanna talk to you guys about threshold moments in your life, maybe a season of your life. And I don't know about any of you guys, but I've been in a threshold, not moment. It hasn't been an hour, a minute. It hasn't been months. It's, it's, it's been what seems like a, a, too long of a season, but our God is faithful. Thresholds, what, what do I mean by thresholds? And uh, some, of, some of the guys that were with us this weekend are like, oh, I think I know what a threshold is. Yeah, those leg lifts, I, didn't, I couldn't push past the point of pain long enough. I reached my threshold. See, thresholds, when we talk about, there's, there's two uh, pictures or analogies I want us to kind of keep uh, in, in, our, in the back of our head as we talk about this. The first definition is simply, it's a strip of wood or metal or stone forming the bottom of a doorway crossing the entering of a house or room. So think about someone just walked through the back door right there. They just walked through a threshold to enter in to this community with us, enter in the service, right? So there's thresholds, doorways. You know, how many of us, we were praying all the time for open doors. God, open the doors. <laughs> open the doors that no man can close. We all, we pray for open doors all the time. I don't know if you know that, but you're praying for threshold moments in your life. You're praying that, okay, if God's gonna open a door, then that means you're gonna have to walk through something to get there, right? Hey, yeah, careful what we pray for. <laughs> I, I, man, I, I've been careful now what open doors I pray for. Um, but then there's this other definition of threshold, and it, and it has to do with pain. What's your pain threshold? You know, sometimes you go see the doctor, and they're like, hey, on a scale of one to 10, you know, where are you at? And most of us are like, well, if I say only a four, they're not gonna give me the medication. Like, I'm an eight, I'm an eight, doc, you know. <laughs> Please, give me the pain meds. Um, so, thresholds, doorways, but also what is your threshold? What is your pain threshold? How much can you endure? What, what would you be willing to walk through? What cost would you be willing to pay? When is it just too much? When are you willing to just throw in the towel and say, I can't, can't go anymore? I've reached my threshold. Anyone in a threshold moment right now? Anybody here? Just, just a couple of us, okay. <laughs> See, threshold moments, I believe that for every believer, I'm sorry if this isn't the um, easiest or funnest message, but uh, all, all of us, I'm just here to tell you right now, you'll have threshold moments. You have threshold moments in your faith. You'll have threshold moments in your ministry, in your career, in your marriage, in your family, in your life. We all will. But there's also, there, there's these things about threshold moments I believe that are like milestones, mile markers in our faith and our journey. And we read in the Psalms, many of these, they sang about these later. They sang about threshold moments that, man, the, the Israelites, they walked through the Red Sea. I mean, come on, the, the, a whole sea was departed. They walked through a threshold, come on. And they sang about it. They remind themselves that wasn't easy. <laughs> that wasn't easy running from the chariots. But man, we walked through a threshold and they were tempted to go back many times, but they they crossed over, right? There's these luminal moments in, in everyone in their life that, that I believe are thresholds as well. That luminal moments, it's an anthropological term that you know, kind of talks about people crossing a threshold in their life. So if you're uh, a young boy in, a, in the Maasai tribe and you wanna become a warrior, well, on your 13th birthday, you're gonna get thrown out in the middle of a safari and you gotta go kill a lion <laughs> to cross over from boyhood to manhood. That's a, a luminal moment uh, there, but a threshold moment 
you know, Jewish tradition, there's bar mitzvahs, but we have this in our American culture as well too, right? Man, we, we celebrate uh, when, when your kid learned to ride a bike. I mean, they, they stumbled and fell along. When they finally do it, man, they reached a threshold. They, they did it. We've got weddings. We've, we've got birthdays that we celebrate. You get a license, you know, when you learn how to drive and when we celebrate kind of crossing this threshold. And now, man, I've got something even marked that I, I made it through. We get diplomas and certificates when you finish your degree, right? There's these threshold moments that might not seem as powerful, but, it, but there's mile markers that we can look back on and say, man, I went through something to get to where I am today. Luminal moments, threshold moments. Uh, for us, I, I prayed into that Kairos moments this morning. I believe that there's things that God takes us through that it's, it's not just a chronological thing on time. It's not just something we mark on our calendar and go, oh yeah, I've got that event, I've got that trip, I've got that retreat, or man, I've got to get through that test. That, that there's something though bigger that God is doing that it, it's kind of outside just our normal space and time, that it's, it's, it's the opportune time. And the Bible even call, talks about this in several passages of the Bible, but the fullness of time, that there's something that God is saying, now is the time, now is the time for salvation, now is the time for harvest, or now is the time where I'm gonna reveal my light and beauty even in the midst of dark times or dark challenges. We see even in the body, global body of Christ, actually where some of the places where God is moving in some of the most beautiful and incredible places, it's actually where it's most difficult to follow Jesus. Iran, it's one of the hardest places to be a Christian where some of the most persecution is, but the church is growing at the fastest rate per population than anywhere else in the world. But yet it's hard and there's trials that go through, but a Kairos moment for that nation right now. Kairos moment, these Syrian refugees that have been displaced. Do you know for decades and hundreds of years, Christians were praying, God open doors, may your gospel come forward, may, may Muslims know you, Jesus. And then the civil war broke out. And they never prayed for a war. That's not what they wanted. But yet these believers realize they're living in a Kairos moment in history. And there are more Muslims coming to know Christ today than in the last thousand plus years put together. That they're, they're, they're hungry, they're searching in the midst of great trial and tribulation. It's causing them to question their own faith. And the Christians that choose to stay and endure even in the midst of risking their own lives, people are seeing Jesus through them but yet they have to make a choice. Do I, do I flee to another country myself and, and try to go to safety as well? Or do I realize a Kairos moment? No, this is actually what we prayed for. These moments right here that people will be open to the gospel. Guys, there are Kairos moments all around us. And, 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 but I, I'm here to say that most of those Kairos moments don't happen when things are comfortable, when they're easy. I found in my life, in my walk with the Lord, I don't know why, but it's sometimes when it's most difficult that there I can see God shine through. And I think a lot of that's because he wants people to see Jesus and his light and not just us, right? Okay, let's keep going on. So <clears throat> Kairos moments, luminal moments, threshold moments, man, we can, when we read about them, when we see him another, and hear about him, we're like, oh man, that's amazing. But also, I know that there's many people that I've walked with serving Jesus now for 18 years of my life that um, not only didn't keep going through those threshold moments, there's several of them that they just flat out turned their back on following Jesus. 
Some of them threw in the towel. Some of them gave up the faith. Some of them, I, I walk with them and I worship with them. And we, we said, we'll never give up God. We'll run to the cross. We'll lay down our lives. We'll go. We'll do whatever you call us to do. Got any door that you open, send us. But yet when things got difficult, when they had questions, when things didn't make sense, when, when prayers that they prayed didn't get answered or they, or they went through doubt or disappointment, some of those aren't still following Jesus. They're not still on the walk. They're not still in the race. They've, they've given up. They've thrown in the towel. <clears throat> what if they were on the moment, on the verge, on the brink of breakthrough? What if they were on that very moment, a Kairos moment in their life? What if that threshold, that thing that they said, I don't know if I can keep going. What if it was that very thing that God was saying, listen, I'm with you. I'm not going to let you go. If you'll just keep going another step, there's breakthrough on another way. And it's not just for you, but it's for those that you've been praying for, for decades of your life. What if it was like that for them? What if they were on the verge, on the brink, on the precipice of walking through that threshold of seeing God do the very thing that they prayed for, but yet they didn't endure. See, I found it's easier to, to look at others and judge others that gave up or didn't keep pushing past the threshold, people that gave up on their marriage, people that gave up on the call or that dream, didn't write the book they told me they were going to. But I found it's a lot easier to judge people <clears throat> that haven't walked through a threshold moment when you haven't been through them yourself. It's a lot easier to judge others that have given up on that when you haven't struggled with doubt yourself. It's a lot easier to, to look to others and say, man, I can't believe that they did that or they didn't when, when you haven't been the one that said, God, where are you? God, why, why didn't you answer the prayer in the way we did? God, we thought that we were doing it right. We thought that we were saying yes, and it's so much easier to point the finger or look at others until you yourself have gone through that fire, until you yourself are in the midst of that and saying, God, oh, have mercy on me. God, I need you. God, keep me right now. God, what is it that's gonna keep me saying yes to you? God, I don't wanna look back. I don't wanna go back. God, I wanna keep walking through the fire, but I need to know that you're with me in it. Sometimes I know that I've felt the cost is too much. It's too much to bear. The loss, it hurts too much. The risk is too great. I've had many threshold, luminal, kairos moments in my life and something I could point back on very, very easy. I mean, when I came to faith in Christ, I, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My father committed suicide when I was younger. I was addicted and bound by drugs and alcohol and unhealthy relationships. And, and I had to make a decision. It went, and even though my father abandoned me and took his life, could I trust the father in heaven that he really would love me, that he really could save me, that he really could forgive me, that he really did count me worthy by what his son Jesus did on the cross. I had to make a decision, but honestly, looking back, I mean, that's like, okay, that's a no brainer, right? Yeah, of course, man, you, you cross this threshold from the old is gone, the new has come. And man, there, there's nothing greater, no greater threshold moment decision that we can make than choosing to follow Jesus, say yes to him and his love. And, but I also know for some of us, sometimes that's even difficult to come to that place of faith and belief. God, could you really love me? Could you really forgive me? But I'm telling you guys right now, if any of you guys, if you're on the precipice there, let me just tell you, once you do, Jesus is so faithful. There's nothing greater than his love and his goodness 
Please don't listen to lies of the enemy saying that anything back on this side of the door is better than what God has for you. But I'm also here to tell you that if anyone lied to you and said that following Jesus is always gonna be easy and comfortable, then they, they didn't tell you the truth, right? Now he is so much greater than a life of sin, a bondage of addiction or stooped in darkness or confusion. And knowing Jesus, there's no way to get to heaven and to know the father except through that doorway. He's the only doorway through, right? There's no other way. And, but listen, when Jesus calls us, he doesn't just say, okay, now you're in heaven on earth and you don't have to show anything. No, he actually calls us to walk on this journey with him. And Jesus walked on a journey to a cross. Now he paid for the penalty of our sins. He suffered. You don't have to suffer to receive Jesus's love and walk in his goodness and know who he is. You don't, I'm, I'm not, I hope you guys hear me right now. I'm not trying to preach that to, to really know Jesus, to really love him, then you have to suffer. That's, that's not the gospel. The gospel is good news that Christ paid for our, our sins. He paid a sacrifice, a punishment that we couldn't. It's his goodness, it's his righteousness that because of that, we're free. We can know God, we can love him, we can walk with him. But then Jesus also, he does invite us to walk further with him. The places that he wants to take us, we can't just stay in our comfort if we're gonna be lights in the darkness to see those that are hurting. If, If he's gonna take us to places that people are suffering and in bondage and brokenness and man, they've felt the effects of racism. They felt the effects of abandonment, of isolation, of addiction. Sometimes God is gonna say, hey, listen, I wanna take my son, my daughter, I love you so much, but would you help others as well that are going through suffering to know who I am, to know what I can do for them? But sometimes to do that, we have to be willing to go through suffering ourselves along the journey with Jesus. I remember um, moments in my life where I just, I knew I was in a test. I knew that it was a threshold moment. I remember I, after I graduated from ORU, I was working for a business for a couple of years and, and making good money for some of my age and getting to travel. But I knew that God was calling me for more. And, and to those of you guys that work in the marketplace, let me just say right now, there's no first or second tier Christians in, in the kingdom. All of us are called to make disciples. We're all called into ministry. And I'm actually now working back in the marketplace in a, in a ministry capacity. But in that season of my life, I knew that God was saying, hey, Bobby, I'm asking you to leave some of this comfort and to follow me in a, in a deeper way. And so I remember I, I quit my job and I started working at ORU making not even a third of what I was making before. And I remember there was moments where I couldn't even pay my bills. I I was trying to figure out God's worth it. And I was thinking kind of like the Israelites, maybe it'd be better to go back to Egypt, right? Maybe go back, but I just knew. And guys, I'm telling you, I can look back at my life and I remember how hard it was in the moment. Sometimes I think it's good to remember, man, you've walked through something, but God was faithful with you through that whole thing. He delivered you out of that, but then he was also faithful to remind you of who he is. And sometimes I have to remind myself, oh man, I. I actually have gone through hard stuff, but God was faithful. And I'm so glad that in that moment, I didn't just go back to comfort. I didn't just go back to where I was before that I kept following Jesus. And guys, I'm telling you, it's so worth it to do so. And guys, I know that there are several threshold moments in my life. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't continue to keep walking. Jade mentions leadership moments. Guys, I wouldn't be able to lead people to where, where I want to if I myself gave into that bitterness or gave into that 
that poison in my heart, but I, I wouldn't be able to lead collaborative efforts of community transformation and where we're working if I gave in and said, you know what, it's not worth it to walk in unity with others. It's just too hard. It's just not, it's not easy. It's not easy to live in community with others, but it's worth it. And there's certain things that God cannot do on this earth unless we choose to press in and say, no, I'm gonna be a part of the body of Christ. I'm gonna walk with others even though it's not easy. You can't do the things that God's called you to do if you give up when things get difficult. I wouldn't have finished my degrees. I, guys, I wouldn't have been to 40 plus nations. I never would have led a team of guys and seen Muslims come to know Jesus if I didn't say yes to God in hard things and, and hard, hard places that he had called me to before. I wouldn't have had the courage. I wouldn't have had the faith. I wouldn't have had the fortitude. There, I wouldn't have had the endurance or their capacity to do the things that God had called me to do if I would have looked at some of the other things that he called me to do early in my faith and said, well, that's too hard. That's too difficult. That won't be comfortable. I don't know where the funds will come from or God, I, that doesn't make sense. Why would, I, why would I leave school right now and then go live in Brazil and do ministry? Why am I giving up? But, but yet I just continued to trust God and walk with him through some threshold moments in my life. But we never arrive, right? <laughs> I remember my first time in Colorado Springs, I, I went up the incline there and man, I, first of all, a seven year old man beat me to the top by like an hour. Um, I thought I was in shape and I was, you know, he goes, he looked at me, he goes, I'll meet you at the top. And I was like, whatever, you're not meeting the top. I started jogging the first two steps. <laughs> Oh gosh, so now I'm crawling and you guys know when you get to that point, you think you're at the top and then only to realize it's a false summit. Yeah, like, oh man, I'm not even close. Like, and I think sometimes if we're not careful, we, we can sometimes feel like that in the journey. I arrived, I made it, I'm there, but we're never there, right? God's always, he's got more to teach. He's taking us more places. But I also know that life and this walk with Jesus is not always mountaintop experiences. It's not always the retreats. It's not always the missions trips. It's not always the wedding moments. It's not always Sunday services. Awesome as these moments are and remind us of who we are and we celebrate in the joy, I also know that life sometimes feels like you're in the valley or some days, some moments, it still feels like Friday and not Sunday, if you know what I mean. I'm in a threshold season of my life right now but I feel like God's given me some perspective and some revelation that I hope and pray that I can give something of worth and value to you today that is Jesus and it's his word that will help some of you if you're in a similar season. It may not look like mine, it may not be the same thing, but all of us humans know that we go through trials, we go through tests, but I'm here to tell you today that maybe that thing that you're going through, it's not just so you could pray away and I'm not gonna give you answers, just say, well, here's how to get out of it. Here's how to, no, I'm gonna tell you right now today that the only hope I have to give you is that Jesus is with you in the midst of it. So how do we keep journeying through these threshold moments? Just like as we're reading in this Psalm that they were going to Jerusalem, they were reminding themselves of who Jesus was, they were singing, but they even said, those who reap or sow in tears will reap with joy. But how do we do that? How do we in the midst when we feel like, God, I feel like all I'm sowing right now is tears. I, I, I'm trying to find the joy in the midst. How do we do that? How do we keep going and not give up on the journey? How do we keep walking through those threshold moments? How do we, how do we say, I'm not gonna give in and say the pain is too much? Well, I've got three points really quick that I'm gonna give you. I say really quick and Jade's nodding his head. Uh, we, one of them, number one, is don't give up. Simply don't give up. 
There's something just to be said about showing up, about being consistent, about not giving up. I don't care how weak you feel. I don't care how hard it is right now. The fact that you are here this morning tells me something about who God is inside of you. I know that some of you guys, even to come here today is a sign that, man, God is with you. You're not giving up. You're still in here. James 1, 2 through 4, we, we prayed it earlier. I love that. Sidron never heard that in, a, in an offering message, but man, so powerful. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. What? I, I can preach that all day long to someone else, but then when you're in the middle of, of a trial, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to joy. God, take the trial away. Like, I'm not praying for joy. Consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds, my brothers, because you know that the testing of your faith, can, let's, can we just be honest as Christians right here? Our faith gets tested at times. We are not always, I'm always full of faith and I always know that God's always gonna do what he says he's gonna do and that every time I pray or he's always, guys, let's be honest. Our faith gets tested at times. The people we read about in the Bible as well, their faith was tested. And those that in the midst of their faith being tested, that maybe they didn't keep walking through, they're not in the Bible for a reason, right? We don't read about their stories because when they went through a trial, they didn't find a way to persevere. So the testing of our faith, it develops perseverance. And perseverance, listen to this, it must take its course so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It has to happen. These trials in our lives, it, we wouldn't build up the strength and the faith and the muscles and the fortitude to do what God has called us to do if we don't go through trials. Guys, you just simply don't, can't give up. Don't, don't, don't worry if you don't have the strength to, to get all the way to the end of the finish line. I'm just telling you, just don't give up. Don't worry if you can't see the end of the mountaintop right now, just don't give up. Keep taking one step forward. There's threshold moments all throughout the Bible. What if Abraham wouldn't have kept walking up the mountain with Isaac? What if he said, no, God, that's too much? What if David hadn't pressed through as a shepherd boy when he was in obscurity and no one saw him, his father didn't even see him and he was tending sheep, but yet he killed a bear and yet he killed a lion? Would he have been able to kill Goliath if had he not said in that season, well, this is meaningless. Why am I in here? I, I should be in the battle. I should be fighting. No, that season is what God used him to give him the faith and courage that he could take down Goliath and save a nation. Would he have been king if he gave up in the field? Elijah, Gideon, Joseph. Joseph was in a pit, in a palace, in a prison. What if he gave up on, on the dream, that threshold moment? Nah, that, okay, God, that's it. This is where I draw the line. You're putting me in a prison now after all that. I didn't even do anything wrong, and here I am suffering unjustly. God, no, I, that's, I'm, I can't do it anymore. What if he would have given up on that dream then? God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, right? No, that's actually not what the Bible says. God is the Bible, the, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know why? Because Esau couldn't even fight through simple hunger pains, appetites in his flesh. He gave up on the blessing of God because of a simple appetite in his flesh. A cup of stew threw away the blessing. What would happen if you gave up on that dream in your life? The call of God. That thing, I don't know what that thing is that you're going, God, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I can keep enduring. I, I, I don't know what it is 
in your life that seems so hard. I don't know what appetite it is that you're to give up. And things get difficult, but I'm here to tell you guys, don't give up. Don't give up. You may be in a season where you feel unseen, overlooked, or that what you're doing isn't valuable, but stay faithful. God is building in something inside of you greater in this testing season than you can even imagine. He's preparing you. Stay faithful. I don't know if it's school that you're in right now, a degree that you're working on, a job that you're not sure why you're there, volunteering and serving behind the scenes, believing for your child to come back to the Lord, being faithful and intentional to invest in your marriage, that person God called you to love, that skill or that dream that God called you to cultivate even though you don't know how it's gonna come to pass. I don't know what it is in your life that you're thinking about giving up on, but I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Know that your God is with you. Guys, listen, here's, here's the beautiful thing about this, that yes, there are trials and tribulations, but Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will face trial and tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Guys, the worst that could get thrown at us, the worst, I mean, sometimes we, we, we complain about these petty things that are nothing in comparison to what our God has overcome. He overcame death and the grave. So I don't know what trial, what sickness, what, what temptation you're going through. There is nothing too big for our God that he hasn't overcome. He's not in the grave anymore. He's risen and guess what? We win too. <laughs> we win, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Guys, you are victorious. You win. We know the end of the story. Thank God, we, we can see the end of mine. We can know where this ends. We can know where we're going, no matter what we face. Praise God. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells within you. I've got two more points and I realize I'm not gonna get through them. You guys will just have to invite me back for the next two Sundays. Let me... Uh, let me share one quick story and then I'm gonna invite Jonathan up to help us close this out. <clears throat> I, uh, I've traveled a lot following Jesus and to, to many countries, but even the job I'm in right now, it, many ministry assignments. <clears throat> and um, I don't know about any of you guys, but sometimes you can be on a plane and you're flying and uh, sometimes travel doesn't always go the way you planned, right? <laughs> and, and I just wanna pose to some of you guys right here today that maybe some of you guys you know, you know that God has called you on this journey to Bali, Indonesia, right? You, I mean, in your mind, it's like, man, I, God's called me to Bali and he's got great plans for you. And I believe he does have a great purpose for you. And so you fly out from Colorado Springs and you got a layover in Newark, but then that layover, you get delayed. And, but instead of waiting, instead of persevering and pressing through, you decide, I'm not just gonna wait for that flight. I, I'm done, this is too much. And you stop in Newark. Can I just tell you guys, Newark's not the place you want to stop? <laughs> Listen, I'm from New York. We, New York pays Jersey to take their trash. Um, Newark is not the place you want to stop. I know that was, I got, I got a buddy of mine pastoring in New Jersey and I love him. He's caught, man, it's, it's like, yeah, Jonah going to Nineveh there. But um, 
Listen, Newark's not the place you wanna stop, but can I just say to some of you guys right here that you felt some turbulence in your life. There's been some delays, there's been some stopovers. And instead of you staying on the journey and keep trusting that God does have a plan, that he is doing something I can't see, you got, you not only did you get off the plane, you got out of the airport, you stuck, got stayed and stuck in a place that God had never intended you to stay and get stuck in. Guys, I'm here to tell you today, don't give up. Hey, Jesus, gonna, he's gonna ride with you in the back of coach, right? He's gonna help you no matter where it is on the journey. And, and Jesus is so faithful to remind us. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. His power is made perfect in your weakness. His grace is sufficient. Don't give up. My second point we don't have time to get into is don't get numb. But lastly, where we're gonna end here today is what is on the other side of your threshold. Number three is don't forget your why. Don't forget why you said yes in the first place. Don't forget why you said yes to Jesus. Don't forget what he's done for you. Don't forget who he is. Don't forget that he is with you through whatever you're going through. What if... Jesus, our Savior, on that journey to Jerusalem, what if, what if he said it's too much? I know what awaits me there. I know what they're gonna do to me. I, I know that those that I even walk closest to, that I poured my life in, that they're gonna reject me, that they're gonna turn their backs on me and even tell people they didn't even know me. They're gonna deny me. They're gonna beat me. That They're gonna take a cat of nine tails and they're gonna whip me 39 times plus one. My flesh is gonna come out. Jesus knew what he was walking into. What if he didn't keep going on that journey? What if he said, no, I'm just gonna stay in Galilee. I'm just gonna go fishing with the boys, not fishing for men, just fishing. What if I'm just gonna go back to what I know, I'm a carpenter, I can make some tables. No, Jesus knew that it was worth it. He he knew being obedient to the Father and what he had called him to, even walking through a threshold that it would cost him his life. But yet even in the garden, Jesus prayed this prayer. Jesus shows us that it's okay if you're here in this place. And I just want to tell you, our God is a God of grace. If you're here in this place and you've prayed a prayer like this as well, because I know I have in this moment. God, if you can take this cup from me, please let it pass. But if not, God, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know if you prayed that prayer, but our Savior, our God, our Lord prayed that prayer. He said, God, I I don't know. I I don't want to do this. This isn't what I desired in my flesh. It doesn't want to keep walking, God, to where I know that's going to lead. But yet, not my will, your will be done, Father. How can I turn my back on you? Where else would I go? Our Savior went to the cross for us. but he's also reminding us that he's with us in our trial and in our fire. Wherever you are right now, whatever that is for you, I'm here to tell you that God has not forgotten you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is with you right where you are. He loves you. His grace is sufficient. You cannot get through this without Jesus. You cannot go through the battle, the trial that you're going through. Some of you guys, you feel like you're in the fight of your life, the fight of your marriage, the fight of your faith, and you're trying to do it without Jesus. The one who knows, the one who's been there, the one who 
will walk with you, the one who loves you, the one who, that's why you did this in the first place. That's why you're here. That's why you signed up to follow him, to know him, even through whatever thresholds he's asking you to cross into. We all know the story in Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're being faced with a threshold moment in their life. They're in Babylon, they're in captivity. They're even being asked to deny God, to bow down to idols. But they say, we can't do that. Even if it costs us something great. So they they say in Daniel chapter three, verse 16, they say to King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even need to answer your last question. It's not even a question for us if we're gonna give up on our God. Verse 17 says, if our God whom we honor can save us from a blazing furnace and from your power, he will, your majesty. (laughs) But if he doesn't, you should know. Your majesty will never honor your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Never. It's not in me. That's not who I am. I will never bow down because Christ in me is the hope of glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I won't deny him. I won't give up. And we know the story. They get thrown in the fire. Just because you stand and make a bold stand for God doesn't mean you're exempt from the fire or the trial. But what you can be promised is that God will be with you in the fire. Verse 23, so these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell into the blazing fire. They were still tied up. I don't know if any of you guys feel like, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. And Nebuchadnezzar, though, he was startled. He sprang to his feet. He asked his advisors, didn't we throw three men into the fire? The enemy's saying, wait, 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 wait. No, no, I, I did that to take you out. Wait, wait, wasn't that arrow enough? Wasn't that doubt I sowed enough to take them out? And he's looking right now going, wait, why are they still here? Why are they still in this room right now? But what else do I have to do? To, and, and Nebuchadnezzar looks and it says, wait, there was only three. And, and his advisor said, yeah, that's true, your majesty. But then their king replied, but look, but look, but look, I see four men. There's a fourth in the fire. There's another in the fire with you. Even if you can't see it, Jesus is with you. But I can promise you this, other people can see. And I believe that that is so much the reason why God allows us to go through the fire. So that all the impurities can be burnt up, that anything that is not of us can be taken away, so that all that is left is the image and the reflection of Jesus. That's what's gonna transform the world. When they can see Jesus in us, they can see his love, that he would even be willing to walk through thresholds, even to the point of the cross, because he loves us that much. Oh guys, when the world can see that type of love in us, they'll wanna know this God. And we know the story, King Nebuchadnezzar even, he put a curse on people that didn't honor this God anymore. Nations will see our God in the ways that we walk through the fire and the trial. Don't give up, Jesus is with you in the fire. I wanna invite our communion attendants up to the front here right now. And I believe as we come to the table together, as we honor Jesus' sacrifice, the price that he has paid, for us, I, I'm believing that even right now here in this moment, that as we remember 
as we're on this journey, we recall to ourselves the things that our God has done for us. He has done good things for the nations. He has done good things for us. As we remember his love, his sacrifice, his goodness, his grace, I believe that he's gonna give us grace to endure through whatever trial that you're going through. Thank you for listening to the Antioch Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, visit AntiochCOS.com.